Eight. Someone has to lose. Yes, I thought I saw a spectre at your shoulder. What do you mean? The spectre of defeat. That your luck was due to change. We'll soon find out. Any objection to raise the limit? 500 pounds, shall we say? Too big for me. Count me out, too. Perhaps you'd like to take the shoe. My friend won't mind. Mr... Bond. Oh, yes. Mr. Bond. One of my associates spoke about you. Nothing bad, I hope. Un banco de 500 livres. Ah, it's your spectre against mine, huh? Le banco est fait. You wish to put the evil eye on me, huh? We have a way to deal with that where I come from. Well, you may <laughs> I like to watch, Eve. What do you mean, you like to watch? I like to watch. I'm Don Hall. This is Donnie Smith. And this is the I Like to Watch podcast, yet another podcast about film donnie we have a guest today i'm gonna i'm gonna back off and you can introduce our our bondrific guest very special guest uh as it is father's day weekend as we're recording uh tonight on friday uh we're welcoming the og i like to watch mega fan my dad mr donald christopher smith Welcome, welcome to the podcast. Clap, clap, Thank clap. you, thank Cheers. you, thank well, you. Well, As I like to write on your comment section, Donald Smith the Elder. Yes, that's go. right. Yeah, we got we got three a little Dons fun. going. On. We got three Dons going on here. Don, it's yeah, not a name; it's a title. Okay, that's true. It's an attitude. It is. It's all <laughs> added to. All right, and because of the Father's Day, um, we are uh, we are going to dive into, and I know. Don, the elder, you picked a movie. We all watched it. We'll talk about that. But before we get into the specific movie, I thought maybe we could talk a little bit about uh, the ultimate franchise of franchises. I mean, Absolutely. there's there's more. I don't even know how many Bond films there are, but there are, uh, and, and then not not just Bond films, but then parodies of Bond films and knockoffs of Bond films. I mean, it's all over. And uh, I want to say so, there's 20, 24. Okay. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I think the new one, the new one under wraps, uh, and they're still, you know, uh, gonna select a new bond. I think they call it Bond Twenty Five, if I remember correctly. But I'm not That's how, more than one. There are, there are, there are twenty five as of right now, including No Time to Die, which is the last one. Oh, so the right one there, you go. Be number twenty six. Absolutely. Hey, he, you know, he's the professor in this podcast. All right. So I guess the first question that I have is. I, I let's let's just uh let's start simple okay let's start simple and then we can talk about it who is uh, many actors have played james bond but in the official i mean you, i mean you have the one-offs you have the one-offs you have george lazenby who did uh from rush for love he did it once you had yeah, no, no, on, on her on her, her majesty's unison See, all right, you guys are definitely all right. So that's what that's, and then you yeah. have uh, David Niven plays James Bond in the 1967 Casino Royale. 
And so does right. Peter Sellers. So does Peter, and, and so does several other people. Yeah, it's a oh, oh, farce. Uh, it is. It is. Um, so, who is uh, each of you? Uh, each of us. Who's your favorite actor to play James Bond today? This is this is your easy question. This I'm is starting. Like, this is the this is your softball easy question. Okay. Yeah. This is this is my softball question about James Bond. Okay. So, who's your favorite your favorite James Bond actor and why? All right. Well, I guess you know I'm the oldest, so I'm gonna I'm just gonna jump on it. You said OG, so here we go. My favorite actually has to be Sean Sir Sean Connery, and that's because from a nostalgic standpoint, Sean Connery was the James Bond I grew up with. That's the James Bond that I would sit in the theater and like, holy shit, this this motherfucker is cool. Okay, and I gotta I gotta tell you full disclosure. When I was nine years old, I saw Thunderball in the theater. You talk about how many times you see films. I saw Thunderball in the theater back in 1965, 1966, nine times. Nice. I paid admissions. Plus, I don't know how many times on, on DVR, uh, VHS, and, and cable. Uh, but it's got to be Sean Connery because that, to me, was the foundation and that started it all and got the ball rolling. They all have their attributes, which we can get to when you want. But right now, for me, Sean. All right, yeah, Donnie. He, he originated the, the, the character on, on film. So, I, you know, I would say, you know, I would say that that Connery would be my personal favorite as well. Um, I think if I had to, the very close second is Daniel Craig because he he after decades of, of bond being a cinematic uh a character he he really did uh reinvent it in a big way and i think the right. biggest way he reinvented it was adding uh emotion pathos to the character connery connery is is very fucking cool uh very blunt i i know the what m in um was a Casino Royale uh, calls Daniel Craig's a, a blunt instrument, right? And that is kind of the interpretation, novel-wise, of the character. Um, and Connery does nail that, but what Connery doesn't have that Craig does is uh, self-awareness. Um, yeah, an emotional core, I feel, is kind of missing from all of Connery's work. Uh, but in terms of just straight-up fucking cool, yeah, Con Connery's the man. Yeah. Okay. That's it. And Mike, well, it's, 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 yeah, good, good. I'm sorry. Go. I was just going to say, because I grew up, uh, I'm a little bit younger than you, Don the Elder. And my first experience with Bond was, of course, Sir Roger Moore. But Sir yeah. Roger Moore is not even close to my favorite Bond. Um, right. Because after I kind of watched, I watched, you know, I, I watched several of those. I kind of got into the Bond thing. I thought it was really cool. It was really fun. I really liked the character. I actually started reading the Ian Fleming stuff. I started actually reading uh, some of his where, nice where stuff. Did you, some of his where did you start? Where did you start? I don't what? actually. I, I'll be honest. I no, I don't think so. I actually okay. don't remember. Yeah, I don't actually remember which I started reading, but I in and it was like I, I think it was like in high school. I ended up reading like four or five of the James Bond. And uh and and why I will say that my favorite James Bond actor is Daniel Craig. Um, and I agree with you that he brings more pathos. What I love about James Bond that Daniel Craig brings to it is if you read the Ian Fleming's, 
James Bond's a fucking thug. I mean, he yeah. is he is brutal. He's a very physical character. He's I mean, in the books. He's very physical and very brutal in his way. And very what violent. I really, yeah, what I really loved about uh, is 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 it, he brings to James Bond a certain amount of. It's not sort of like this cool. You know, and, and I'm not going to take anything away from Connery because Connery's the best. I mean, you know, no question. You, you can't. In terms of just, in terms of just debonair, cool, everything from his accent to his simple eyebrow raise to the way he just his throwaway lines that are funny, but he doesn't say them as jokes. I mean, it's just his his performance. I think is brilliant, but I think Daniel Craig, pound for pound, he's the one that I watch and I go. I kind of believe this guy, this guy has a license to kill. Right. And I just have to say, just like from, and, and you know this too, Don, like from a performer's perspective, right? Um, when you talk about how, how like an acting performance, um, you know, Connery was very much of his time. I, I, I would say all of the Bonds, all of the Bonds were very much of their time. Um, and and we just reached a point where a character like this could we we could have more access to the character um the the multi-layeredness of the character when craig took it over versus when you know let's say you know roger moore yeah it's just they were like comedy movies basically at a certain point right like the gags and all the bullshit that went on um we, yeah, we we just got to in the Reaganomics of it all, right? In the the 80s, um, we just got to a point where we could have a multi-layered bond, and and yeah, that that's why I say like you know, again from Connery like being the the originator of the role, but like I mean Daniel Craig is like nipping at his fucking heels in terms of like the greatest bond, for, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I I totally respect you know where you're coming from with it. Yeah, for sure, what? for sure. Across the board, you hit upon all three, actually the biggest, because, you know, Connery, as you watch the films from Dr. No all the way through to Never Say Never Again, which, you know, is again, a one-off. We won't get into that right now. But if you watch the Connery films as they were released every two years or so back then, you could actually really see the character development. In other words, each, each, each successive film, it, he was more mature in the role, more comfortable in the role, and more ease in the role. I know a lot of it has to do with the writing, but the point is, as a, as an actor, he was more secure, and you saw the development. Daniel Craig, to me, walked into the role, and there was never, to me, a character development, meaning he walked right into the role, and that was him all the way through. You're absolutely correct. The pathos that, that he, he has uh, uh, as the character and the performance, he also, to me is among the bonds the one that is the most broody if that's the word he's the broody yeah yeah okay and of course i like i like it and looking if you were to if you were to chart the bonds through the years i think if you looked at them they reflected the times they were in like the 70s 60s 70s 80s blah 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 so so they were kind of like you know the roger moore he was more tongue-in-cheek he was more farcical I mean, you know, a lot of the stories, you know, uh, Ian Fleming was way out there with, but the films took them even further to almost a comic book level, yet they made tons and tons of money. Tons and in this respect, when you uh, got to Daniel Craig, uh, films had already gotten, because of things like Die Hard and all the other ones you guys go through in, in this program, 
the the audiences became more sophisticated, more green screen, uh, more daredevil stunts. So they all reflected a maturity in the film goer. Well, what the Mission Impossibles had already a couple of yeah, Mission Impossibles exactly. had already been out. Um, right. What else? The, the, a couple of Bourne movies, maybe just one, but it, I yeah, think one. Yeah, had already been out, right? So yeah, yep. we were getting to that point. Um, yep. Yeah, no, I agree. I I agree um, it, th that the stories and the the kind of portrayal of the character reflect societally uh, what's going on at the time. I, that, that's a really good call. Yeah. My favorite uncredited Bond film, and this is actually was a potential triple feature that I did not pick. And oh. I, and no one, it's not, I mean, no one will, nobody officially says this is a James Bond film, but it's a fucking James Bond film is The Rock. Because The Rock, he plays, yeah, yeah, he plays, yeah, yeah, you know, he yeah, plays yeah. that character who's been in prison. It, it's obvious that he's James Bond, and it's one of the things that I love about it is never say never. I did, and, and and I think it's a fine film, but that one makes me sad a little bit because he does look, <laughs> he does. But what's funny, he looks too old in that movie to me. Yeah, no, he looks too old to be playing that character. But when he gets to the point where it's in the rock, it's he's aged into it. He's seasoned so perfectly and he's so, so fucking, you know, and it just yeah, works yeah. in the rock. So yeah. if I'm thinking like yeah. the the Sean Connery like that, like you were talking about, Don, about how he's you can see and you can see it when you see the first Sean Connery and you just kind of go through the films that he did before Roger Moore you do see a maturity in the performance you see a comfort level you also see that he's taking more control over it's not just sort of like he's not just sort of like a, a just a good looking suit and some good lines you can actually see that he's you know he's really legitimately one of the coolest fucking guys around by the time you get to the rock you go i totally fucking believe every word out of this motherfucker's mouth he's the coolest yep. guy when I'm when I'm gray, I want to be that gray. <laughs> <laughs> and and you know he did have about talking about the maturity of the film. I'm sorry, talking about the films as they kind of go through to meet the needs and expectations of the audience. You're right, Mission Impossible, the Bourne films, etc. Audiences got more sophisticated. They demanded more bang for their buck. So in order to charge the theater prices, they did and still do. They had to give them more. But one of the things I think they also allowed them to do that was the fact there is not an infinite number of Ian Fleming novels. There are only so many. And yeah. although you see a lot of the credits adapted from an Ian Fleming sto short story, whatever, I mean, reading about him months back, I was I was rather surprised that he had as many short stories as he did, including things like, you know, Willy Wonka and Charlie and the Chocolate Fat and stuff. I didn't know that were non-binding, but they, they had really... Uh, well, he wrote Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. That's what he wrote. He wrote Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, and I love that. Roald Dahl. I'm, I'm kind of yeah, confusing yeah. Which, him. Which You're actually, right, I see the figure. Roald Dahl, but Roald Dahl actually wrote uh, right. the he wrote, fifth uh, Bond movie, uh, You Only Live Twice. So. You Only Live Twice. But the yeah, because Roald Dahl and Ian Fleming were like buddies. You, know, you so. brought in yeah. you brought in the script writers. You brought in the story writers, and they took off based on historical James Bond, but they were able to come up with a whole slew of new films that are not based on any novels, books, or short stories. So that also allowed them the creativity to go from A to Z over these many years with <laughs> development and doing things that you know the brings in the audience and puts the asses in the seats. All right, second question, guys. Second question. That was the softball question. 
here it gets a little bit here it gets a little more complicated welcome um, to the four hour episode everybody hey you know we got three three massive yeah, fuckers and, look, all three, and we're all three fans of this so i'm just um, i love it i'm busting. yeah second question is okay so we have in order and i think i'm gonna get this right we've got sean connery we've got roger moore we've got uh we're, we're not gonna count lazenby we're not gonna count lazenby what for this for this question for this question okay, okay. All, right. All, right. all right for this question. because okay. Right. Because he was only in one. So it's it's Connery, it's Roger Moore, it's uh Timothy Dalton, it's Pierce Brosnan, it's Daniel Craig. So right. as quickly as quickly as you can, mm-hmm. what is your favorite film of the Jabond from each of the actors I just mentioned? Dad, go for it. Okay. Uh of course uh well with uh Connery. With Connery, it's gotta be a tie between Goldfinger and Thunderball. Okay. It's gotta be okay. to me. I decided to, but Thunderball had the most underwater, had the most action. But uh, you know, Connery was Thunderball. Uh, Roger Moore, I enjoyed uh, Live and Let Die, and that was his yeah. first one. But I enjoyed that because that was the most real of them all in my mind. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. Because it was shot in New Orleans, one of my most favorite places in the world. A lot of it was shot the exterior, yeah, was shot in Louisiana, and Harlem, Harlem. of course. And it was the most, you know, it, it was gritty, but it was good. Uh, Timothy Dalton, you know, he only played in what two? License to Kill, three. or three? License so, to Kill. It's Living it Daylight. Living Daylight. Lights and license. License. To was kill. it only two? License to Kill? I forgot about. Only, it. I totally thought they were. Two. I liked. Okay. You know what? The one I liked the best was uh, uh, License License to Kill. I like yeah, the Miami, the Miami shit. Like yeah, and that, yeah, you that's know? legit. That's yeah. legit. Yeah, the, I think. The did I skip over yeah. Roger? I said, I said Roger Moore. Okay, so oh, yeah, yeah. that yeah. we got it. Pierce, Pierce, Bryson, boy, I don't know. They're all, you know, they're all good. I'll the give them, to Dad. I'll, Dad, Dad, I'll give oh. it to you. It's Golden Eye. Tomorrow never yeah. dies. The world is not enough, and die another day. Uh, I, I think it's Golden Eye because that was his introductory film. And I enjoyed the mystery at the beginning where he jumps off the dam and you don't know it's him. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, well, I, mean I kind of like I kind of like the mystery behind until they unveil the new yeah. bond. I like the way they did. The rest are great too, but I like I like that one. And Daniel Craig, sure. boy, you know what? I like Casino Royale only because it was it's the penultimate. It's always the best. It's always the bond. You know the casino, the sheave. You know. Etc. It's even the even even when they did the uh, the farcical Woody Allen, David Niven, Orson Welles thing, it was, it was casino around. Yeah, you know, and I keep picturing, and I know, you know, just as a side note, that Orson Welles was actually uh, originally uh, approached to play Blofeld in uh, in Thunderball. So it was interesting that they would go back to the well and kind of well, do those. But yeah, and Fleming always pictured David Niven as his as idea. his James Bond. Mm-hmm. Well, there was yeah. talking Cary Grant too for a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But All right, so Donnie, David, Sir David, Donnie, what are your what are your favorite Bond films per actor? God damn it, it's so hard. You know, yeah, I, it really is. You know, I don't ask easy questions. Something there's something really cool about fucking Diamonds Are Forever. There's something really cool about that movie. He's just almost too old enough to be playing Bond in that film. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna go with Goldfinger uh for connery yeah it's got a it's a sexy song there's some beautiful cinematography in that movie um great fucking action even back then yeah so uh goldfinger for that i'm gonna go with uh the man with the golden gun for roger moore because i think that one to me 
is the most because that, it's so That's Christopher cool. Lee, right? Is that oh, Christopher, Christopher Lee? Lee. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Was yeah. Yeah. And yeah. With Ian Fleming because they were yeah. both fucking OSS, like I guess whatever. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, but yeah, and that's kind of an independent villain. It's independent of Spectre and the organization. He's not looking to take over the fucking world. He's literally just a badass assassin who wants to kill the number one fucking secret spy in the world. Um, it's yeah, it's a, it's a more personal thing um see a man with the golden gun is pretty fucking badass let let Um, me let me just jump in on that don for one second please it mentioned you mentioned specter it's the first time that 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 term that word has come up was interesting also to learn that because of the lawsuits that tied up around thunderball and ian fleming etc etc that they were not the eon productions uh by that time uh, harry salzman passed away but broccoli they were not allowed to use specter or blofeld which is why Spectre and Blofeld disappeared from the series for a great number of years until they settled Moore. lawsuits. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I didn't sure. know that. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that's kind of how uh, Never Say Never Again ended up getting me. Right. But we can talk about that later. Um, yeah, so Roger Moore, uh, Timothy Dalton, I, they were just so fucking lame. I mean, Living Daylights, he's literally working with the fucking Muj- Mujahideen you know what i mean like it's a little ridiculous yeah i would say i i would say license to kill uh again for the revenge angle and it's got um what's his name uh uh what's his fucking name Uh, robert davies robert davies robert Robert davies robert davies yeah robert davi d-a-v-i he's a uh, uh, latino actor it's got kind of the pockmarked face he's just fucking badass i that's a that's a really good one played a great Uh, bad guy I'll go with Goldeneye as well for Pierce Brosnan. The rest of them are too fucking comical. I mean, Madonna was in one of them. And yeah, uh, what's her name? Fencing instructor. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then what's her name was a fucking uh, like nuclear scientist. Dr. Christmas Jones. Fuck you. Dr. Christmas Jones. So yeah. Dr. Christmas Jones, Denise. Richard, Denise Richard. Thank we you. talked yeah. about Denise Richards yeah. and we talked about no, with wild, wild things. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And then, you know, Daniel Craig is really hard because Don Don Hall, you and I talked about this. And what the beauty of the Craig movies is the uh the the continuation of a of a, of an arc. It's a whole story, all of those movies. It's not just um episodic like most of the other James Bond stories were. And it's really hard. Um I I I think Skyfall is a is a pretty phenomenal kind of uh, you know, like you say, like a, you how, you can't even you can't even critique the movie. It's like, it's so good, yeah. just as a Bond film, as an action film, as like a just a sto- just a story, just a dramatic story. It's it's a pretty fucking perfect film. I don't know yeah. if that would be on my list of perfect films, but, but Skyfall is a but it's pretty close. Fuck no, Sky Sky Oliver Skyfall was. Excellent, and it also was good because although in the uh, over the the term of the Bond films, they mentioned his parents here and there. There's reference they died this accident, blah blah blah. It actually shows what Skyfall actually was to Bond. I love that life with his parents and so mm-hmm. So yeah, the tie in there is what was very very important to the storyline. And again, unless you're you're a Bond file you don't catch these little things. That's what makes them interesting too, because of the the little, I guess what they call them, Easter eggs that they plant, whether yeah. they're they're yeah. verbal, audio, or mm-hmm. or somehow reference to right. homage to the original or, 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 or before pre-films. 
Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Right. And my, mine are, mine are, so, oh, go ahead. I, no, no, I will, I will say we have to leave out, for your question, we have to leave out Lazenby with, I only metrics. did one film. It has to be. You know, no, obviously, I, I it's just a great movie out there that it's a great, right? It's okay, a okay. great fucking agree. movie. Right. We, okay. And, good, and, good. and not only is it a great movie, it's the first time, and they don't even revisit, they don't revisit like in front of like the 25 movies, they don't revisit the death of his wife because that's right you know that's right. you know they don't no, really revisit yeah I'm but they don't ahead. really yeah exactly they don't really revisit him falling in love and being committed to someone and and then her dying really in a, in a genuine way until casino Royale. um am i wrong they, yes they yeah, yeah, yeah. You, are, you are it is referenced um is it the spy who loves me? I believe, isn't it? Oh, I think it is. It's start, it starts, yes, it starts with him at his dead wife's. Uh, okay, it's um, in the churchyard. Yeah, I really didn't remember that one. Maybe, uh, maybe it's something like that. Anyway, it's one whatever. of the Roger Moore ones. They do start with him at his dead wife's, so it is a reference back to it. All right, you know, not the way that I just, pregnant. yeah, I just love it. So my yeah, my, you're my big, favorite you're my favorite Sean Connery is Live and Let or uh, no no my favorite Sean Connery is You Only Live Twice. That's I good. love that it's fucking so movie. I love that movie. Yeah. I love yeah. this. It's it it is possibly my favorite Bond song. Oh yeah. Um, oh, I mean, I just I love that. I love it. Um, it is the only criticism I have for Thunderball is that I think uh, while it's Tom Jones singing it, I think Thunderball, right. the song is is pretty low on the hey, this is a great Bond song. But I love the you know, yeah because I, I have a story about that. All right, we'll get to that. Which we'll get to um, that. Yeah. Yeah, we'll get to that. Yeah. So I love I you know, you only live twice. It just really is my favorite Sean Connery film. I think he's part of it is because he's playing uh multiple Asian. characters. Yeah, well, I mean, he's, well, I mean, yeah. What I like about it is he's playing James Bond, playing Asian. Uh, you know, there's there's a lot of things yeah, going on Japanese. there, and I love it. Um, my favorite, uh, I agree with you, Don Senior. Live and Let Die. Um, uh, again, quite frankly, uh, I'm drawn to it for two reasons. Actually, three reasons. Um, number one, I think it's uh, another one of the better theme songs. I, you know, that's fucking Beatles. Um, or Paul McCartney. Um, okay. It is, yeah, it is. Uh, it's got step or yeah, Jane Seymour. God damn, did Thank I have the hots for her? That looks gorgeous. Like in times, in in terms of like Bond girls, and we'll get there. In terms of Bond girls, man, give me a break. Oof. And I'm sorry, Yafikoto. Yafikoto is one of the best bad guy. I mean, just one of the yeah. best villains in yeah, all. He's a Roger Moore. He's so yeah. fucking good. My favorite, I, mean, I think, Yafet Kono, not Bernie Casey. That's yeah, okay. Right. No, is Bernie Casey? Bernie Casey was never say never again. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so, and so, uh, for for Timothy Dalton, I think License to Kill. I think we all agree on that. That's the only one that uh, it, it had promise, and I was like, oh, I like Timothy Dalton as his character, and then it kind of didn't work out as well as I wanted it to. And so, but that movie itself is is pretty solid. And my favorite Daniel Craig is absolutely Skyfall. But one of the reasons it's Skyfall, I mean, I love it so much. I mean, fuck off. Albert Finney, thank you. Thank you. I love Albert Finney. You know, and 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 but it's it what really works for me about that is that the, care, the caretaker at Skyfall. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's like his like his godfather, so to speak. Right, right, right. But right. but it it is it is it is first of all, it 
really, because uh, that's, I really love the relationship of, of Daniel Craig's bond with uh, M. I really love that. Yep. There's, yeah, there's, there's a real, there's a real, and so that movie really explores it in a very solid way. Number two, um, I can't think of his name off the top of my head. What the name of the, 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 the bad guy is, uh, uh, shit. Javier Bardem. Thank you. He's so, Javier, yeah. It, and what I love about it is it is, while it's still connected to the Spectre through line, it is independent. And he is, he's by far, I would say he's by far my favorite Bond villain because he's so fucked up and he's so broken and he's so angry and he's still so brilliant. The whole, what he's got, except for the moment in Daniel Craig when uh, the the, uh, the bad guy is like smashing him in the balls and mm-hmm. Craig's laughing at him, which I think is maybe- Casino Royale. Yeah, yeah, Casino Royale yeah, yeah, yeah. one of the best goddamn scenes of uh, just, just his laughter. I've got a little itch down here. It's so fucking good. But the scene where Javier Bardem finally gets him and they're sitting and he's, oh, James, oh, James. it's scene. just so awesome. Oh, and it's, it's kind of and that's kind of homoerotic, but not. Yeah, oh, no, 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 but it's it, so but it, good. No, no, but it totally is because I yeah. think that, there, I mean, it totally is. The, the, the beauty of that filmmaking and that's it javier bradham starts at i mean like a block away yeah and the telling that story about some rats over craig's shoulder as bardem walks up to him the whole fucking way and it never cuts it's It's beautiful that that is that is that is a director trusting the writing trusting the actors oh it's It's just fucking great no it's great it's great it's 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 great and and quite frankly and granted it was all cgi when they did it but it's so believable when he pops his teeth out to show her what the cyanide capital does it's like oh my god that's Mm -hmm. it's just an amazing character and, and it's one of the things that i that i that i i often think about james bond is that james bond films it's why i think dr no is is such a good movie it's why i love to be honest with you liver let die it's why i love skyfall is that james bond is james bond and and, and he kind of i mean we know who he is we've got a very solid idea who he is He's the hero and he's super fucking cool and he's got a license to kill and he's got, you know, all this stuff and he's got Q. So he gets all kinds of cool shit to play with. (laughs) But really, the quality of a James Bond movie hinges on the villain. And when the villain is so fucking cool, then it gives James Bond an opportunity to really fence with somebody that's like fucked up. And I love that stuff. Well, and I think that's what's so really cool about this franchise specifically is that I, I mean, look, I mean, we can go through and probably try to nitpick each individual bad guy, but like, I, I think they're the, the motivation for each antagonist in each Bond film is really fleshed out. And it really, it, I mean, it gives an actor shit to sink their teeth into. Yeah. Audience that much more of an enjoyment. Um, but again, I mean, like 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 you were just saying about Harvey Bardem, like all of the Bond villains in the Craig movie. I mean, you talk about really fucking fleshed out and then how they're part of the entire machination of that arc with him. I mean, it's great. It's great storytelling. It's, it's great, great stuff. stuff. 
All right, yeah. final question. Final question, and then we'll get to the film. Um, part of the reason I think Timothy Dalton's Bond doesn't work as well as as, as it could, because he's a really good actor, and I actually think mm-hmm. his Bond is pretty good, was that was a period where they were, where where the studios or Broccoli or whoever it was was sort of like, yeah, he's a sexist pig. He fucks all the women. You know, and you can see it when you watch the, the earlier Sean Connery. He's like, every woman that he talks to looks like she's just wet in her jeans. I mean, like, shit, even, they're, they're, even, you know, even the ones that are clearly lesbian. Yeah, are. yeah they, they just they just want to fuck him. And so there is and, and he treats them like shit. And, and that's part of it. But there is this whole I remember reading this uh, at the time when the uh, 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 I think license to kill, but maybe living days where they were just like, Hey, he's not, he's not going to have sex with a whole lot of women. It was like, so my question is, has bond aged well in terms of not, not just like the actor, not just Sean Connery or Daniel Craig, but has the character, have they updated him enough so that he's aged well in terms of sort of our, our cultural, awareness of misogyny our cultural awareness of uh imperialism all that kind of stuff has he aged well i'll i'll throw this let's throw it to the to our guest who's been there from the the start yeah been there from the start uh you know what yes because again as i had said earlier uh there was there was a maturity that came with films in general and the franchise in particular Thanks to other movies that came out, thanks to the demands of audience, audiences everywhere. So yeah, I think I think he's he's aged. I think he's aged very very well to be very very contemporary. And one thing about the Albert Broccoli. Albert Broccoli died in 1996. So Eon Productions was his daughter, and uh, his stepson Michael G. Wilson, who brought the franchise into the era of. And I, I don't know if it was Timothy Dalton. I forget the years they were there, but Timothy Dalton and Pierce Brosnan and Daniel Craig. And I think just having someone new at the helm also, because Albert, I think Albert being, you know, an old time Italian, I just think that in many ways he he didn't want to mess with success. Whereas I think uh, Michael G. Wilson and Barbara Broccoli actually uh, with with great consideration they they still experiment and i think a lot of what we see in the bond films today is their experimentations that went well and paid off yeah what do you think donnie yeah yeah no i i i agree i think um i think on an executive level i mean look i don't want to call them executives right they're the stewards of uh of, of the bond cinematic universe if we want to call it that um yeah, I think it's smart. Uh, whether he passed or not, I, I think passing it on is a very smart thing to do because you you need that new blood. You need that young blood to say like, okay, well, we know what worked. We get it. We also know that it's going to it's going to make money. It's bond for Christ's sakes, right? It's going to make money. So we just need to bring the sensibility to it now. I don't know that it needs to be preachy. I mean, all the shit that you and I talk about, Don, like, I don't need, it doesn't need to smack me over the face with wokeness. It doesn't need any of that shit. And yet it can still have those elements, right? Which I think, I mean, uh, Money Penny in the Craig uh, uh, movies was played by a, a black woman. And I think 
That's and the sexiest the black woman in the history of oh, black God, she's, she's so goddamn sexy. She's gorgeous. Demi, oh gorgeous. my God, she's so gorgeous. And 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 she's a fucking badass in her own right. And she, yeah, yeah, she wasn't just, yeah. She wasn't just swooning at Bond. She did dig him. We know. We know she dug him. She you fucked know. him. She shaved him. Bond. Oh, come yeah. on. He's Bond, man. No, we know. But she was a badass in her own right. Well, what I, is think that that's, I think that's something that's being reflected in the Bond movies. It's something that I've seen in the uh, Mission Impossible films as well. If we go back to, even to the Brian De Palma, the first one, the women in the movies are fucking badass in their own right. Yeah. There's still some romantic elements here and there, and that's okay. We can we can have that. It's part of the story. It's cool, but the the fact that they're independent and badass in their own right is is I think a very important thing that's being brought into the Bond things uh, stories that were not necessarily there from the beginning. This movie tonight that we're going to talk about has already some of those elements going on. You know, yeah. So, well, what yeah. I think is interesting, and it's one of the things that that, that I because we've again, again, Donnie and I've talked about this whole uh, push to the cultural left in, in, a, in a lot of ways. What I think is fascinating about the Bond character and how it's aged is that there are certain things. If it's James Bond, it's not just any spy. It's not just if it's James Bond, then you know that it doesn't matter how you update it and it doesn't matter how you try to change the politics of it. Number one, he is fully committed to the British Empire. That's his mm -hmm. fucking deal. You know, there's mm -hmm. no way he, you can't say, oh, well, he hates Britain because it's a colonial. No, he's a goddamn soldier. He's a patriot of the British. That's it. Number two. What What's interesting going forward? Uh, what's interesting going forward is the line of "for Queen and Country" has to yeah, change. It, well, it does now. Yeah, that's interesting. interesting. The other day, <laughs> the other day, if you watch again, it's I believe it's in Thunderball. After he has his uh, brief fling with Fiona Volpe before the Jean Le Canu when they they kidnap him, I believe he says, uh, 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 paraphrasing. I don't, I don't know, or you don't think that tonight brought me any pleasure, do you? After he screws her, he says, "What I do is for king and country." It's in oh, this king. Yeah, yeah, it does say king. It does say king. The same thing, but I, okay. yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I caught it when I watched it. The second thing is, no matter how you want to adapt or update James Bond, no matter how you want, mm -hmm. an absolutely indelible, it is. You cannot separate it from james bond is that he is absolutely a ladies man and that doesn't mean when i say ladies man that he mistreats women it's that he can have sex with anyone because he's so goddamn attractive women fall at their feet for him and it doesn't matter if you made it in 1965 or if you made it in 2023 james bond and even if they made it a woman james bond women are going to fall for james bond because that is indelible in the character and the third thing is most of his, and that's what I love about James Bond, is that he isn't the smartest spy, and he isn't the most adept spy. He just knows how to take advantage of the right time at the right place to do the right thing, and, and sometimes he's just fucking lucky. And there's something wonderful about that. You can't take those things away. And because you can't take those things away, because those are so ingrained in the, the concept of James Bond, you have to work around those things. So you can update certain things to meet the cultural need. 
but those are those are indelible. Those are those are concrete. And because of that, you have to be more creative with how you update it. And I think they've done a very nice job over the years. One yeah. thing, though, is going back to what you're talking about, the 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 badass women. I think one of the things that I read this quite some time ago, so I can't cite it exactly. But one of the things, one of the reasons they moved women character money, Penny and others forward is because they wanted to put more women into theaters but regardless of the bond love okay and they started making more badass women you had you had badass women that were that were uh thugs you have xenia on top you know in one film you had carrie lowell it was Fem, Fem, femke jansen she was awesome you had you had carrie lowell in in uh uh, uh license to kill where bond introduces as his uh goes to introduce her as his secretary and she right. says, no, I'm Mr. Bond's executive assistant. You can see little things that were moving women into more than playthings in the films. And again, yeah, it started again with Thunderball, and he elicits more and more help, and he solicits more and more help from women yeah. against the bad guy. So, you know, again, it, it kind of morphs over the years to where we're at with women being badasses in the film. Yeah. Well, and now the eventually the woman being the total villain in a bot film now yeah. that would be great and what what i also what i also think and this is an interesting uh point that you suddenly made me think about is that there it's an interesting thing about the bond women and this is not just the bond girls but women in bond films can be are, are often increasingly more badass but it's an interesting development in the sort of action genre is that for a woman to be badass she has to be sexless. Like there's no romantic interest. I mean, Ripley has no romantic interest in Alien. Captain Marvel has no, you know, and 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 what is nice, and it's not always the case, but what I really love about the Bond women is that not only are they badass, they're adept, they're smart, they, but they also, they really like to fuck. And that's kind of fun because that's how people are. Sure. Thanks. Jinx, oh, Kelly Berry. Berry. Jinx yeah. is is sexy, the badass. Sexy woman. Oh my god, she's go. the badass, and she she walked they out of that, give her just her like that Doctor No thing. It's so good. Yeah, she she comes out of the ocean. She comes out of the Caribbean in that bikini. Oh my god, that gold exactly. bikini, or it's like orange. It's orange. A lot of oh, it's a Yep, they were going to give her a spinoff, but it never worked out. She was supposed to have her right. own Jinx yeah. movie. She was so good. Um, All right, movie that she was in tanked. You know, it's interesting you bring up the the Bond girls thing, and you know, I mentioned Rodal earlier. Um, Rodal said he was given a formula to work with for writing. Uh, uh, what the fuck, Don? Your movie, Live and Let Die. You only live twice. You only oh, live you only live twice. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, no, no. The quotation. The quotation. It's. You put in three girls. Girl number one is pro-Bond. She stays around roughly through the first reel of the picture. Then she's bumped off by the enemy, preferably in Bond's arms. The next girl is anti-Bond and normally captures him. But Bond will save himself by using his charm and sexual potency. She is normally killed midway through the film. Girl number three will survive and end the film in Bond's embrace. And that was All the mandate broccoli yeah he was oh yeah that, yep. and that formula of, 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 of your film don hall 
Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. One, two, three. Yeah. One, yeah, two, yeah. three. I could I picture them all. One, two, three. A Japanese. A bl- oh, my God. I, I just I got boom, it. Yeah. Boom. It's good. That's all right. right. So let's get into now that we have dissected our love for James Bond. Uh, <laughs> Don the Elder has chosen yes. his favorite. Or maybe whether it's your favorite Bond film or not. This is the one that you chose for us to watch. It's your I like to watch. Please tell us what your film is. Give us a brief synopsis and tell us why you like to watch it. Oh, no. Ah, 007. What a wonderful surprise. Well, for me, too. I must say, I find this business of equipping you in the field, on the run, as it were, highly irregular. Here we have a Geiger counter. Useful and unobtrusive. The sweep hand takes the radioactivity count. It's waterproof, of course. But of course. Now, here's something I want you to use with special care. With special care. Everything you give me. It's treated with equal contempt. Yes, I know, but that's an underwater camera. It takes eight pictures in rapid succession by pressing that button there. Is that clever? But if you can take pictures in the dark with an infrared film, yes. Try to be a little less than your usual frivolous self, 007. Now, here's a miniature very pistol which fires a bright red flare, a distress signal. You should keep it on you day and night. I resent that remark. Yep. Look, do you mind? Now, in the event of a rebreather not being available, you can use this device. For short periods only, of course, say about four minutes. Clever. Obviously, you'll only use it as a last resort. It closes to a convenient pocket size. It's assuming one has a convenient pocket. Now pay attention. A recently developed harmless radioactive device. Harmless? Which sends out a homing signal to a special receiver. Hmm. Well, what am I supposed to do with this? Well, obviously, you swallow it. My choice is 1965's Eon Productions Thunderball, which is actually based on a screenplay written in the 50s. And the Ian Fleming, Ian Fleming novel, uh, novel written in 1961. Uh, it's an interesting film. Uh, the storyline is uh, actually uh, basically very simple. Uh, James Bond has to save the world again. You know, I mean, it's it's the <laughs> I've same. Got a, I've thing. got a, That's the I've, same thing. It always works. But I've it's got a synopsis actually excellent because uh, uh, Spectre devises a plan in this film to hold two NATO. Uh, missiles, bombs, and they had to, those days it was bombs, uh, by hijacking a Vulcan uh, bomber, and although the bomber is sitting quietly on the bottom of the Caribbean, uh, Bond has to find the bombs that were removed and find out what the ultimate targets are, and Spectre holds Britain and the U.S. Uh, uh, in ransom for 100 million pounds sterling, which back then was like $280 million or some odd number. Diamonds. They're going to give it to him in blue diamonds. Diamonds. <laughs> perfect diamonds. Of Correct. Course. It's drops at one of the archipelagos <laughs> in the Caribbean. The ultimate, the ultimate, the ultimate ransom. The ultimate yeah. ransom heist. Where's it at? Who's got it? I want it back. Flip. That's Thunderball in a nutshell. So why do you like to watch this one? Why did you pick this one for us to watch? Well, Other than the fact that you saw it nine times in the theater and then nine times after. All the times, but it was, 
is the only Bond film that won a lot of awards. It won the uh, uh, Academy Award uh, for, uh, I want to say, special effects. John, you yeah, know more it was, it was, it was called, called John, yeah, John, Stur said, but, yeah. John Stur's, Steers won uh, an Academy Award for special effects. It also won a BAFTA, British Film Award. It won it won a number of awards. It was the only film, and it's also the only film, actually, to have the type of theme song that John Williams was able to take home. Uh, let me see. Let me oh, find that. No, there was John, said, John, uh, John Barry. It's John Barry. That's right. It is John Barry. Barry, my mistake. Exactly. John Barry. Okay. Uh, and originally that that was if you could talk about the score, it was originally called Mr. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, stung by Dan Warwick. But then they felt that the original theme song as it was recorded was not long enough for the credits. Yeah, so they went pity. back to the drawing board. It's and pity. Dan Warwick a... was not available for it. So they it's went pity. back There's... and they came up uh, they came up with the new one. They came up with the new Thunderball and and, and Broccoli and Salston back then thought, well. You know what? James Bond films at this point have to have uh, the theme of the film, the name of the film, in the title. I like, I like, I like that aspect. I like the music. I like the underwater shots. There's nothing about this film that I did not like. It was long. It was the first Bond film to surpass two hours, but it was yeah, great. My, it's interesting because that was the first thing I thought was I was watching it, uh, and, and I went, "Is that Tom Jones?" And then yes. my second, my then my second thought was, Jesus Christ, those are the worst lyrics of any song I've ever heard in my life. That's like a sixth grader wrote those lyrics, and that was my reaction yeah, to it. I, exactly. And, and then I got to the film. Donnie, you wanted to say something. Well, one one thing, just let me jump in here. Tom Jones actually, there's an urban urban legend about Tom Jones when he sang the first song when he recorded it is that at the end when he holds the thunderball and he goes on and on and on, he actually fainted. From holding the note and the lack of ox lack of oxygen. Yeah, because he was he's good. Guess he did because it's just Thunderball, and then the last yeah. he goes that Tom Jones Thunderball. You know, he's like he's, yeah, that's yeah. He, yeah, he that's funny, Donnie. The the um, Blu-ray box set that I bought um, has a couple commentaries on on uh, Thunderball. One of them actually replaces the Tom Jones song with the it was originally sung by shirley batsy that okay. version was too long that version was too long or uh, too short so that they did an instrumental leading up to the lyrics that would only start after thunderball showed on the screen the title showed on the screen uh, that's the one that dion warwick uh sang and so they replaced the tom jones song with mr kiss kiss bang bang and i was okay. watching it today and i was you, if you think the Tom Jones one sucks, uh, you do not want to hear Mr. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang because it is, it is just wrong. It's the wrong. I didn't like the title. <laughs> I didn't like the title for a James Bond movie. I I agree with Harry Saltzman and Cubby Broccoli. Uh, no, I don't think so. It's the wrong vibe. Just just like the song itself is like because I I was listening to because Shirley Bassey did Goldfinger, she did Moonraker, she did yeah uh what was that diamonds are forever okay and like you listen to those songs like it's a fucking good song moonraker kind of sucks i'll be honest with you but like it's not a great song like, but she's great these songs really fit the film for whatever reason like for me 
I can't watch Thunderball without hearing Tom Jones, right? And whether the lyrics are good, I fucking cares. Like I, I hear you with the like, written by a sixth grader. Um, Mister Kiss Kiss Bang is a fucking terrible song. It is, it's just bad. Um, but it was really cool, and that's why I love this fucking modern shit that we have, where I could pop in a fucking Blu-ray and watch a movie from 1965 and yes. hear a completely different, a different to the yeah, film. That's the cool. first time ever. It's really See, fucking cool. I bad. I didn't. I didn't watch it on Blu-ray, so I didn't get all that stuff. But one of the things that the, uh, the highlights in Thunderball for me, uh, and when watching it, because uh, I literally watched it this afternoon, because I wanted to save okay. it, you know, because I, I haven't seen Thunderball in forever. I, and I know I'd seen it before because I recognize certain moments, but it's been so long. I may have only seen it once. It's been so long, but to, to tell you how. How I how not fresh in my mind this movie was that when he punches the uh the French assassin who's dressed as a woman, yeah, at yeah. first I didn't realize I, I fell for the gag because you know it's the widow and then he just fucking socks her in the fucking face. I'm like dude, he just punched the fucking fraud. That's amazing. And then it turns out to be the dude, and it's like okay, that and that's a really good fight, you know. Um, I, I love his, uh, I love, and then and, and you were talking about the underwater scenes. I mean, it is, it's almost the under at the very end of that last reel where it's the mm -hmm. underwater battle. It's almost interminable because it's really dude. long and, and it's underwater and these dudes are just like a whole bunch of dudes shooting each other with harpoons and trying to do it's the same knife. Like yeah. you see the same knife with the blue thing fall like six times, but you never see that. And, and, and that's what I realized is in watching it's like, okay, first of all, in terms of being able to film that much underwater action. Jesus Christ, that's a lot. There was a whole second was a separate director brought into it. I mean, it's like, the guy who was on or the fourth unit. Yeah, yeah well, it's just like it was. Like, it's yeah. extraordinary. It's and then the second percent of the film takes place underwater. I know. I'm yeah. saying it's just it's, it's extraordinary. Just and then so you know, and and it, it is it's repetitive. It, it is very funny in its own way that you have all of these like. British paratroopers in there and they they're just getting their shit kicked but then James Bond shows up like with and all the, yeah with his green yeah. submarine it's yeah. just like whacking everybody it's like okay he turns the tide I, that's why I like James Bond that works right, but right. uh but but you just don't see that's what I realized is about halfway through and I went Jesus Christ this is a lot of this same water battle but then I also realized I can't think of a single not even Waterworld again, not a great movie, but Waterworld is called, called Waterworld. I cannot think of too many movies that have this much underwater, like serious action. And I was actually kind of like, wow! I by the time it was over, it was I was not like, oh, this is too long. I was like, fuck, that was amazing. So, Avatar. Part of what part of what some of the criticism was without getting into the whole thing. But part of the criticism, Don, in, in your hall uh, is the underwater scenes were far too long. That's one criticism that I've seen a number of times that they were way too long, which goes back to what I said earlier. It pushed it over the two-hour mark. It was a bit like, okay, when are you know, how many? I mean, are we going to sit through and watch them kill 
every one of Largo's guys or every one of these guys that yeah. were the parachutes. Yeah, every How many harpoons can you see? How many harpoons are going to go off or going to get the point? You shoot from a harpoon gun without reloading. Okay. Although the one, mean, dude, the one, one dude, dude, one you have one harpoon. Yeah, but Bond, my favorite one, my favorite one is Bond. I, it's my favorite kill in the whole movie. In the whole movie, it's my favorite kill. Is he goes there underwater? It's all you're not. It's just music and water. You don't have no. There's no dialogue. And then he gets the one guy, and he doesn't even shoot the harpoon. He just jabs it in the fucking yeah, guy's eye. I yeah. fucking love that. It's like okay, now that that was I good. Another, another great kill was when he's on the beach with Domino letting her know her brother's <laughs> dead and laying out his plan. You and fucking looked over his shoulder and said we're being watched. And it was Vargas, <laughs> the head head henchman of Largo. And he picks up the spear gun and just very nonchalant. Yeah. his fucking hip. He doesn't even aim. He doesn't even aim. It's just sort of... Yeah, but I love, yeah, yeah, but what I love it, it, it's a joke. It's a joke that he doesn't say like a joke. He says it like he really means it. And that's what yeah. I like about it. But I love the fact that it's exactly what I love about that. That moment is right. he, it's, it's not, it's, it's almost like he was swatting a fly. It was like, she said, Oh, Hey, there's a fly on your shoulder. And he just reaches over and just kind of swats it. And it's like, that's awesome. And this is the difference between <laughs> badass Sean Connery versus Sylvester Stallone and Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> in yeah. the fucking late 80s and 90s where literally it became a joke. Like they knew they were saying the joke line. Right? Yeah. Like he could do it and like do it completely deadpan. And I guess he got the point, right? Like whatever. But like now, even now, I don't know. I They probably don't even write shit. Like I wouldn't write shit like that anymore. But like that's the thing, right? Like uh i think they make fun of it in what is it uh is it richard donner uh the last boy scout with uh, oh yeah yeah they also they also like, yeah you fun just, of it you know you just crash into him and the surfboard goes in and you're like surfs up man you know i just i yeah well they also do they, they also do that in the last action hero the last action hero yeah, has the same yeah. joke it's like here's yeah. how we here's how we play that game and it's fun it works at Thunderball, if you roll back earlier to the film, when he first goes to Largo's home at Palmyra for lunch, he's on the seawall, skeet shooting. Largo hands him a yeah, yeah, yeah. gun. And he says, oh, this seems to be more appropriate for a woman. And Largo says, you know about guns, Mr. Bond? He says, no, I know a little about women. But yeah, then yeah. he says, it looks like it, uh, it might be kind of hard. She said, would you please call one for us? So Largo yells out, pull. And again, shoot from the hip Off with the hip. Yeah. shotgun. He doesn't even Bam. look. Not he doesn't even look. look at it. Yeah. You know, I think it was so hard after all. And it was like, but oh I think, my God. I think that shit has become kind of cliche if you do it now. Yes. Like back when that yeah, was happening, stupid. like that is the epitome of cool. That is the epitome of like, holy shit, this guy's a fucking badass. Like, look at that shit. You can't yeah. get away with that shit in no, 2020. There are other yeah. ways yeah. they come up with, even with the yeah. Craig films. Yeah. There are other ways they came up with the whole idea. To make him a badass. Beautiful. Yeah. I mean, that's what yeah. it really amounts to. Well, I, I would I would argue, I would argue that Harrison Ford as Indiana Jones changed. I mean, in completely changed the yes. the the action film of his day one scene yeah and, and, and well in one to, scene to me it's actually in one finger 
And and what I will say is, uh, if you look at Indiana Jones, there's a moment where he falls off a thing. I can't even remember. All I can remember is the finger. But he falls off a thing. You think he's fallen off a cliff or whatever it is. And then all of a sudden, the hand comes over the cliff. And his middle yeah. finger, his middle finger is just kind of twitching. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So he's struggling. What I what I can say is like you can't do that with modern action films. What I can say is if you look at like John Wick, John Wick looks like he's gotten the shit. He's still doing all the stuff James Bond does, but he looks like he's just getting the shit kicked at him. Like every kill is just a great effort. And I think well, there's like, some I, yeah, go ahead. I would agree with you. I would agree with you about the Indiana Jones thing in one scene. Okay, and your it's scene. Because, it's because Harrison Ford had fucking food poisoning, right? Oh, I didn't realize that. It was the it was the big it was the big badass guy in Raiders of the Lost Ark with that. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's what you're going. Dimitar fucking sword. Yeah. And Harrison Ford just looks at him, mm -hmm. picks up his gun, and just fucking shoots the guy. They were See, supposed you, to have a long drawn out like yeah, fight. But, and, 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 yeah. And I and think you're going. Think you're going for the nonchalant. I'm actually saying that he looks in, in Indiana Jones when he gets hit, like the fight with the guy, the the big giant Nazi in the in the, in the plane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When yeah, he's yeah. fighting, yeah. there's nothing easy about that fight. You know, and that's I mean, well, he looks like he's getting the shit kicked. Yeah, at. When no. he gets hit, he looks no. like he's been hit. And no, James I Bond, when he gets hit, doesn't look like he gets hit. And that's okay. He's still, you know. I don't know. I, I think I think I think the fight at the end of Thunderball in the boat between him and Largo and the other people on the fucking uh, uh, what is it called in the what is it where the where the, the captain is in the boat? What is that fucking oh, called? Not the bow, not the, the bridge. The Thank bridge. You. Yeah, there's like there's there's Largo and then there's like two other people in them. I think that's pretty. It's pretty fucking brutal. Well, no, it's it, brutal. It, and it, mirrors, and it mirrors it mirrors the fight yeah. that he has at the train uh, on the train. What is it? The Orient Express, dude. And, dude he and, gets and shot in the leg. He gets shot in the leg and can still run through a fucking parade. Yeah, yeah. So, but with John, yes. if you look well, at John Wick today. The guy, the guy has been through all of this battle, and he looks like he's about to die every time. John Wick from John Wick 1 through John Wick 4 looks shittier each movie because he's just that closer to yeah, dying. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and John Connery never looks beat up. Roger Moore never looks beat up. Daniel Craig, on the other hand, looks like he got beat up. So you know, it's like Roger, Moore, Roger Moore very rarely has a hair out of place. Exactly, uh, he's the same. About Thunderball, Don, Don, uh, uh, Donnie, talking about the bridge. Yeah. It's it's really it's a really a stupid, stupid scene. But when they're on the bridge, if you watch it while they're fighting, and he's throwing around the captain's chair, and Glargo yeah. beating the shit out of him. <laughs> I love From it. below deck comes a steward holding a tray of Don Pignon. And yes. who the fuck is sure. gonna drink champagne? Oh, I let's mean. stop for let's <laughs> stop for a cocktail. Yeah, right. What the hell was that right. about? That That's was funny. just fucking stupid. There. <laughs> if I have to, if I have to put a thumbprint on the most, the dumbest well, part of the movie. Sure. That was that has to be to my. But going to that fight scene is one of my favorite moments in the. It really is actually my favorite moment in that fight scene because yeah. it is just constant and it's just boom. But my favorite is when he just picks up a chair. It just launches it at a dude and knocks <laughs> three guys down with the chair. Right. It's like right. yeah. rock and roll, James Bond. Way to use your environment. You know, it's funny. <laughs> I hadn't I hadn't seen them. Look, I own the I own the Blu-ray box set. I got it sometime last year. 
because I, I had piecemealed some of the DVDs together. Sure, but like, sure. You know, at this point, it's like, fuck it, let's just get them all in one place. And I hadn't seen this one uh, in a long time. It's kind of fucking interminable. Like, it's it's a long movie. It is a long movie. It doesn't, yeah. it doesn't for whatever reason, maybe it's the amount of under one time underwater. And again, it's just like faceless and dialogueless and... It just it feels yeah. so much longer than it is. Right. Um, it needs to be. And it doesn't need to well, be, right. It doesn't, yeah. No, no, no. I think this movie I I think this movie could have been trimmed by about like 20, 25 20 minutes. minutes. 25 minutes. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah. yeah. That that we spend so much time in that let's call it a spa at the beginning of the movie, right? I and love we, that shit. That's my favorite no, no, part. It's so stupid, not, but it's fun. I'm not, yeah. No, no, I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying I'm shocked at how much time we actually spend there. Like, yeah. Is, yeah. Dude, film dude, it's like you're going from in, location to location to location. Yeah, and turning right. of something that could be cut, it's the stretching machine. Like, what the fuck? I'm like, what is going to happen to this? That's the goofiest thing. Take a well, said, I must be six inches. I like, must be six inches taller. It literally was just for a joke because it was like it, it, he was not harmed in any way. It's like, oh, oh, he's he's shaking. Well, he's also when dread. he puts that guy in the fucking the guy's in the steam machine thing, and he just I know, right? I I <laughs> love like that. It's like a prank. It's very he's funny stuff. A couple two three. the shouts went out of him. He's gonna sweat him. Tell the chef. Yeah. The thing about this yeah. film, though, too, is when you go back <laughs> and watch Doctor No, the first in the series, Doctor No is like a, like the the length of a commercial. Mm-hmm. It's like even my wife said it, it's over already. I mean, Doctor yeah, No is the shortest. It was like holy, shit, it's over already. You're right. By the time we got to Thunderball, it was like, but but again, you know, you know. Well, I what's just, interesting is like you know. Dr. No was the uh, clearly, uh, obviously, the lowest budget of all. It was the first one. So, of course, they're not going right. to throw a ton of money at it. Million they don't dollars. Happened, right? Million dollars, right? By the time this director, who also did Dr. No, right? Correct. Um, he had something like, what was it, like $9 million to work with? Nine million yeah. was the budget. You know, which is wow. crazy. A lot of money back then. 1965 money. Yeah, it's a lot of money in the 65. So it's like, of course you're going to throw it at the screen. Like, uh, of course you are, you know? And, yeah. you know, the cast of a thousand people, you're going to go to a million yeah. different... Hey, you rented that hey. goddamn sea helicopter, and you rented that sea helicopter, you're going to have as many shots of that you, fucking you, sea helicopter. Absolutely. I just want to point out... Submarines. Yeah. Use them. One, of the, one of the things <laughs> just, I think is very funny is in this, in Thunderball, and I had not thought about this, but in Thunderball... I love sort of the evolution of Felix Leiter, the CIA, because yeah, in Thunderball, yeah. he's like a moron. He's like he's like a he's like a surfer dude. He's like it's just in a beach in a, in a who goes to the beach in a suit in a fucking suit. I know the guy is the guy is just like he's, he's just a yeah. Now he's a, a big Felix big Leiter is science. nothing but right. like a retarded right. sidekick. He gets better as time goes on, but it's just like I, I kept thinking that much smarter. Well, just, the thing about it is, but as Felix Leiter goes on, even Felix Leiter, Leiter in the uh, the the Roger Moore days was cooler. But in yeah. in Thunderball, I look at the, it's like that's Felix Leiter because he's sort of like an idiot, <laughs> right? Yeah. Well, the, talk yeah. about cooler. In Live and Let Die, <laughs> David Hedison plays Felix Leiter. Yeah, and, and he's great. Scene. He actually walks into a room 
and I'm going to preface this by saying, not that there's anything wrong with that, but he walks into a room back then, which was supposed to be the chicest men's carry bag, but it's a fucking purse. Yeah. <laughs> okay? I mean, so if we're talking about evolving Felix Leiter, I think we took a step back, not with the portrayal of it, or later on in uh, License to Kill at the end of the film when Bond calls, hey, Felix, how you doing? And he's in bed. He's got one leg amputated. He's got a stump. Oh, that he's guy was the beautiful yeah, nurse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. This guy yeah. got his wife raped, kidnapped, raped, pillaged, killed, dismembered. Anything you could do with women violence, this happens to his wife. At the end of the film, he's like, hey, hey, James, how you doing? Huh? Yeah. Come on. We'll see. Come I on. think the best yeah. Felix Slider is, I think yeah. the best Felix Slider is Jeffrey Wright, and it's for one yeah. moment. It's for one moment in Quantum of Silas where he's talking to uh, his boss, who's played by David uh, Stranger <laughs> Things, whatever his name is. I can't David think of the name of Thank David you. Harvard. And, and and he's like he's like you know the water here is bad. And he goes that's why I eat the peppers. It's like that's all I need to know. That's Felix. That's why I eat the peppers. I like, love that line. About, you're talking about a fucking Tony Award winning actor. Like I know guys, he's so fucking guys, good. He's the, it's like yeah. it's like that's a step. That's Felix Leiter. He's badass. Yeah. No, if there's one thing I'll say about the the not, not one thing, but one yeah. of the things I'll say about <laughs> Greg would be. The casting is just, I it's mean, God bless, God bless them for carrying over Judy Dench. No, because Jesus Christ is genius. She's so she, good. She grounds that shit so much and just like puts Bond in his play. Like, just fucking Jesus. I anyway, love her. I think, yeah. You, you know, always need another figure. Actors, okay, just for one minute. I found it interesting in research, researching this a little bit and looking at the other films. I didn't realize, and I don't understand why they cast as many poorly spoken English people. English no speakers. shit in Thunderbird. Yeah. yeah. Wait, I almost fell off my chair today when I read for the very first time at my age at Ursula Andress. Her voice was dubbed in Doctor No. Yeah, yeah that's true. That. Okay. Yeah, I knew that. I didn't know Shirley Eaton's voice was dubbed as With the three people golden Goldfinger. That's I like mean, three people in this movie. Different characters that were dubbed. Four. Gert Frobe, I knew, was dubbed in Goldfinger because, because I've seen him in other films. He has such a thick German accent. It's like, what? What did he say? What did he say? So I can yeah. understand why he was dubbed. But to have so, even in, in Thunderball, getting back to our film, James Bond's physical therapist, Molly. Yeah, she's gorgeous. Was dubbed. Yep. Her voice was dubbed. Claudine Auger, who played Domino. Her well, voice was dumb. Yeah. Look, if there's okay, one thing, the actor they the actor they hired to play Blofeld, they only showed him from the waist down in the chair with the cat, the white Persian cat. But they even dubbed his voice. If yeah. there's one thing I can probably guess about that, it was a lack was of trust on the American side of things. Maybe the British side of things, but the American studio MGM UA side of things that said these people are a little ethnic i don't know if uh you know uh uh you know uh kathy and jenny and tim in fucking iowa uh are gonna understand what they're saying so we should probably dub their 
I don't know. That's just a guess. I have no fucking you know clue. What, it, it was interesting. All I've seen is that they were dubbed. I've never hey, they didn't. You know, in the very, very opening, the opening scene of Thunderball, he's got a French like uh attache yeah. that's yeah, French agent, right? And and I can't understand a fucking word she says. So I wish they dubbed. Yeah. Her. So I yeah. understand why they dubbed some things. I had to do closed captions so I could understand what the fuck she said. And it's not because it was just because her accent was very thick. Very French. Even watching this on Blu-ray, it's one of those movies where the sound mix is really, really fucked up. Right? Explosions, music, everything is super fucking loud. And then everybody in the movie talks like dialogue. Yeah. Dialogue. Dialogue. Yeah. Oh, it's so brutal. Yeah, yeah. so brutal. Interesting, though, talking about know. casting, that although Claudine uh, Auger was uh, was uh, cast as Domino, uh, the first the first people they looked at were Raquel Welch yep. to play yep. Domino, but yeah, she yeah. gets signed to do Fantastic Voyage and wasn't available. Which the is a great movie in and of itself, yeah. The next one Ju- they looked Julie at, Christie. They had Julie Christie. Wow. And Faye Faye Dunaway. See, the thing is, I love her. I love that actress as Domino. She works really good. She looked to be fucking bathing suit. That bathing suit that just with the under. Come on. Come on. I think that's why that's why I probably saw it night time. The flavors you love. Assorted drinks, your favorite beverages, hot coffee. Hot dogs the way you like them. Ice cream smoothly. You're gonna show Thunderball. You're gonna have people over at your house. What's the other movie? The double feature. What are you going to show? We're going to start. I will start. Okay. Because you know that. Because I, I, I had. I really struggled with this. Um, I thought about Casino Royale, nineteen sixty-seven, and then I thought about Casino Royale, Daniel Craig, Mm -hmm. and what I realized after watching Thunderball is that I'm going to say we're going to watch. And we're going to watch them in this order. Thunderball and then Austin Powers, International Man of Mystery from 1997. And the reason I say that is because I didn't realize in watching Thunderball that so much of Austin Powers is completely a spoof of Thunderball. They have yeah, the I would say. They have the scene where the, the the Doctor Evil character is saying, "Okay, number five, number seven, number eleven. That's the same scene." You have exactly. the actors, you have the sharks. You have the sharks with the lasers. It's but, very but, funny, and I think it's a, yes. it's a great combination. It's a great spoof of that thing. So I, that's I, what I would say. It's more of a spoof of your favorite pottery film. It's more of a spoof of You Only Live Twice. I think. All right, that's fair. I mean, like I said, you've got you've you've got the the sharks. But that's the thing is he's got the sharks, and he's in a Austin, and then in and in Austin Powers, it's it's uh it's eels with lasers. Same evil. The bald the bald headed villain in the yeah. Chinese Nehru suit, yeah, which is and that, that works is clearly yeah and donald yeah. pleasance though right? yes absolutely it's totally but with lauren michael lauren michael's voice, voice but it's yeah. just one of those things like if you're gonna want it, it's like because that that was the thing is like how do you follow up a james bond movie well you watch a spoof of a james bond movie and so for me the evening i want to have with my friends and yeah. family we're going to watch thunderball and then we're going to watch austin powers and see how much I, they got right and wrong and it's so much fun 
And I think that is a far better choice than Casino Royale from 60. I do too. I, I actually movie. do too. Have you seen that movie? In a, yeah. Dad, Don, have you guys seen that movie? Yeah. Recently? It's really, it's really way, 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 way. I mean, I, I, it's, I can't it's dated. It way out there. It's just, you know. Well, the thing is, I like good. Well, that's that's good. the thing is, I like that it's fucking weird. Yeah, um, it's weird. Yeah, but yeah. I I think I probably watched it about four or five years ago. But I I like that it's fucking weird. But I cannot say it's enjoyably weird. I could right. There I you go. I we could three watch it together. I yeah. wouldn't recommend it to. I wouldn't recommend it right. to anybody. To anybody, I agree. Which is why yeah. I went with Austin Powers. No, Internet yeah, yeah. Man of Mystery, nineteen ninety-seven. So, Donnie, Donnie Smith, what is your yeah. double feature? Um, I'm gonna go with another aquatic James Bond <laughs> film from nineteen eighty-one. For your eyes only, wow. um, uh, directed by John Glenn. Uh, it's a Roger Moore film. Not my favorite Roger Moore film, um, but I, I would say that this is probably my second favorite roger moore film my third would be uh spy who loved me but um yeah this one is really special i mean you go from the 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 uh snow covered slopes of cortina to uh, uh beautiful fucking uh islands off of uh greece and un- a lot of underwater shit in this movie uh which is why i, I picked it because it, it it fits that kind of aquatic theme with uh so you mean after watching after watching Thunderball with its interminably long underwater scenes, you thought maybe a great double feature would be more underwater scenes? Yeah, because I think this one does it better. <laughs> I think, fair, I think this one this one does it better. This one gives you more locations, more locale. You know what I mean? Like it switches it up. It switches it up a lot more than beach water, beach water, beach boat, beach boat, beach water, submarine. You know, it just yeah. <laughs> this one, this one, this one, this one, this one does okay. This one yeah, does right. are better. Dad, what's what's yours? What do you got? My uh, my pick actually, you know, Don, you're absolutely correct. I think your pick of uh, of uh, the Austin Powers, I think that kind of blows mine out of the water. But I would like to sit and if you're looking at a more cerebral screening, I would go with the uh, 1983 remake if you will never say never again i i like you talk you talk about the 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 contrasting the austin powers with the sean connery thunderbolt or uh, you only live twice theme etc i think this one allows you from a cerebral perspective to compare two different films with very similar storylines because they were both based on you know the same the same novel and the same original film screenplay so it's yeah. good to see the types and and i find myself saying and I remember Thunderbolt, they did this. And I remember yesterday again, you know, when I watched Never Say Never, it was like, I, I remember Thunderbolt, they did this. It was interesting because the uh, Bay Market uh, pier scene that they use in Never Say Never Again is the same pier and scene they use in Thunderbolt. So it's, it, it's interesting to see that, but it's also interesting to see the treatment. Now, as far as film is concerned, I think Never Say Never Again stood as a more contemporary film, meaning when you watch the James Bond films like Thunderball, you are seeing classic James Bond. You are seeing period James Bond. Yeah. There's not a lot of contemporary to it because it's back in 1965. Uh, I think Never Say Never Again, and I don't like to use this by saying it aged well, but Never Say Never Again 
if you take out some of the automobile stock that's in the film, just go by storyline and thought, I think never say never again aged well to be a more contemporary Bond film, though I don't think that was their intent at the time. It was to be current, but more sophisticated than the Roger Moore. And I didn't use this earlier, but the Roger Moore films were more, to me, they were excellent all, but they were more of a comic book Bond. Well, they were the saint because he played the saint. Yeah, he played the saint before he played James. And I've seen those over the yeah, I have too. I've I've watched this. Yeah, I like the saint, and it and it is sort of this cheeky sort of like let's it's 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 very not serious. The thing is, what I would say is the saint, and even some of the Roger Moore James Bonds are almost more similar to the Austin Power films. Yes. Than they are to James Bond films. The, the tongue-in-cheek reference. They're just so ridiculous the, and over the, the top. The comical asides. I mean, I can see penis. in The Spy yeah. Who Loved Me, I can see in The Spy Who Loved Me a giant penis-shaped rocket ship. I can see that. It makes yeah, sense. I, 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 yeah. I, would, I, I would have to disagree. Are you saying that Never Say Never Again aged well? I think as a, as a if you look at the Bond series... Yeah. In 2023, I think it's done pretty well as being a more contemporary film than looking at Thunderball 1965. That's all I'm saying is there is there to me sure. is a stark difference. And I mean the cinematography, yeah, I, the, I, everything I, is a yeah. little maybe minus the aerobics. Maybe minus the aerobics. Oh, dude, no, I mean the, <laughs> that, shitty, that shitty fucking world domination video game that they play. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was well, you know what I mean. I think the most I would physical say, part of the film, yeah. Exactly. I think it's far as I think it I like is it. very much of its time. I don't yes. that's why that's why I asked to, to clarify. I wouldn't. Okay. I yeah. wouldn't say taking that, that out of it. Well. Yeah, like one good thing about know, it, though, is I think is one thing I liked about Never Say Never that was better than Thunderball. Don Hall, you'll appreciate this: uh, the fact that the underwater sequences are farther and fewer between and shorter. Thank and God. I'm, I, I'm actually going to watch the thing about it is uh, I will probably do it this weekend. Uh, I will watch Never Say Never Again. The thing is, what it sounds like, again, what I love about it is, since it's based on the same book, I kind of want, I watched Thunderball, Mm -hmm. I kind of want to watch Never Say Never Again, because it's the same story, and then I want to watch Austin Powers, International Land of Mystery, because they're all the same fucking story, and that's funny to me. I love that. It was, I'll say, the, the most positive thing I can say about Never Say Never Again is it was directed by Irvin Kirshner. Who directed the best Star Wars movie? Empire Strikes Back. This is this is our this this is the first, um, and and Don the Elder is looking forward to this. Listen. You're not here. We're not there. The car exploded. Come get the girls. I have to stay here with Woodrow. I'm not the chauffeur. I'm the grandfather. Where are you? Asteroid City, Farm Route 6, Mile 75. Junior stargazers and space cadets. Each year, we celebrate Asteroid Day, commemorating September 23rd, 3007 BC, when the arid plains meteorite made Earth impact. Be-de-de-de-bum. 
Toledo. That's Mitch Campbell. You're very good in the one about the tramp in the brothel Thank who you. gets amnesia and Thank becomes you. a pediatrician. You were very awesome. Actually, authentic. maybe my favorite character ever. I don't know why nobody else liked it. Oh. What do those pulses indicate? What? Oh, the beeps and blips? We don't know. Some of our information about outer space may no longer be completely accurate. Anyway, there's still only nine planets in the solar system as far as we know, Billy. Except now there's an alien. What's happening now? I don't know. I don't like the way that guy looked at us. The alien. How did he, how did he look? Like we're doomed. Maybe we are. I've just informed the president. How long can they keep us in Asteroid City, legally? The world will never be the same. That's an alien doing jumpy jacks. That's an alien in a top hat. What's out there? The meaning of life. Maybe there is one. Are you married? I'm a widower. But don't tell my kids. You're saying her mother died three weeks ago. Let's say she's in heaven. Which doesn't exist for me, of course, but you're Episcopalian. In my loneliness, I learned to give complete and unquestioning faith to the people I love. I don't know if that includes you, but it included my daughter and your four children. Sometimes I think I feel more at home outside the Earth's atmosphere. Oh, wow. Me too. They're strange, aren't they? They're children. Compared to normal people. Yes, that's correct. It's true. Mm -hmm. Freight train, freight train, going so fast. Freight train, freight train. Going so fast, I don't... I do a nude scene. You want to see it? Huh? Did I say yes? You didn't say anything. Uh, I meant yes. My, my mouth didn't speak. Wes Anderson's Asteroid City. And you're looking forward to this. Yes? You know, it just looks, based on the, tra based on the TV commercial, which whetted my appetite, to then find the trailer, the full trailer. It just seems like a fun movie of silliness and craziness filmed very similarly with a lot of desert scenes in the uh, film Mars Attacks, which was a- I like Mars Attack. But, Tim, you know, it's, I, you know, I love Mars Attacks. Yeah, you yeah. know what? I found it to be a very similar genre type film. Uh, I like I like the fact, uh, you know, Jason Schwartzman, and and a lot of the stars in the film talked about a lot of people in the film. It just seems like a silly romp based on the fifties nonsense. You know what I mean? It's I, just you know how are they going to keep I, us here? You know the whole government secret shit. And I just thought it just might be a fun movie to sit through with a box of popcorn. Yeah, excuse me, and a huge I've, diet coke, and just sit through it. I have, I have a question. Donnie and I really don't like Wes Anderson, so that's I just the thing. Oh, I understand. Yeah. What other Wes Anderson films have you seen? <laughs> I'm just, I, not, I, I, I don't mean to put you on. I'm not busting your balls, and I'm, I do not mean to put you on the spot. If you want to pull it up right now, like his IMDb or Wikipedia or whatever, I'm, I'm, re I'm really curious because I, I like the Royal Tannenbaums. Well, hold on a second. Let him, let him pull it up. I know. I'm just saying. Help him out here. Uh, hey, boy. Well, Asteroid City is one I'm going to see. Oh, yeah. To be honest with you, I'm looking at this, and uh, none of them. Yeah. Okay. None of them. Based on director, that, it's like I've okay. never seen any shit this guy no, did. No, 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 no. Okay, I, I, I just saw the TV commercial, and I thought I, I got to look this. This looks stupid. It's got to be okay. fun. It definitely looks good. I want, and I want to hear. It's not. It's not. And I want you to have. It's a cheap movie. I want you to enjoy it. No, I want you to get your popcorn. I want you Diet Coke. And I want you, once you've seen it, 
I want you to I want you to give me a call and say what, what you thought of it because I I personally and it, you know, everybody's got their taste everybody's got their taste I'm not going to shame anybody for liking what they like the only Wes Anderson film that doesn't make me want to stab myself in the eyeball is the Royal Tannenbaums no it's Royal Tannenbaums oh, I, yeah, hate I, kind of I hate Rushmore I like Royal Tannenbaums that's the only one you know what the funny you know what the funny thing I feel like all of Wes Anderson's films are in the style of Schwartzman's plays in Rushmore Fair. That is actually a very. You know what I mean? Comp- I feel that's like, pretty. Yeah, that's a really because bottle, bottle bottle rocket was like a super indie, like that '90s indie vibe. Yeah, like yeah, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then like his his twee kind of fucking style mm-hmm. really took off after fucking Rushmore. And I think that I think that all of his movies feel like the plays in Rushmore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What I also like when I looked it up and I caught glimpses in the, in the tv commercial then i caught more in the trailer before it got to the cast was the cast i mean he's got jason yeah Smith, it is a stacked cast tom hanks jeffrey wright yeah you yeah. know i'm telling you it is you know don't talk about a step stack it is a stacked fucking cast it's true that wes anderson does have that he does have that all right so the thing about it is leave schreiber tom hanks yeah it's just donnie and i have goofing around we have an obligation uh at the end of the year we figure out which of our trailer geeks we've seen and you've picked this one so we are now kind of obligated to see this movie we have to say this movie there you know like all right donnie you want to go you want me to go i mean i mean i guess i yeah i just play mine it's fine all right so donnie's looking forward to this film you busy tonight you want to turn, eh? My mum leaves at nine. So you're at ten. <laughs> yes! Where'd you get it from anyway? Apparently it was the hand of someone who could connect with the dead. I heard it was the hand of a Satanist. Yeah. The other hand's just out there. White people shit, man, I tell you. <laughs> All right, let's do this! You know the drill. Say, talk to me. Talk to me. <gasps> Haley, fucking stop it! He's choking. Oh. Eighty-three seconds. Get it off him. What if we open the door, but we didn't shut it? Delete it. Delete it. Come on. They followed us. We have to do something. You want to do it again? Run. I'm not gonna stop. What was it? What? I don't know. I let you in. I let you in. Oh my God. What people 
we can skip it. And you're looking forward to an A24. I love A24. Talk yeah. to me. This looks fucking rad. You know me. I love my horror films. You like I'm your horror films. Quick synopsis. When a group of friends discovers how to conjure spirits by using an embalmed hand, huh. they become hooked on the new thrill until one of them unleashes terrifying supernatural forces. So... You know, I I love that sleepover shit. I love that. Uh, what is it? Uh, uh, light as a feather, stiff as a board, fucking Ouija board. The craft. Love the all craft. that. Shit. Yeah, yeah. Love all that shit. So yeah, this is a, a Australian supernatural horror film. You know, I love shit that's not made in America for some reason, especially. Sure. Love it. Love it. They take more chances. I, they don't give a fuck. I, so I have to say, and I didn't think about it until just this very second, but. Don the Elder was looking at something that was just fun and light and kind of goofy, right? Mm -hmm. And you're looking at something horror-based. Oh, yeah. I I almost think that my pick for this week is a combination of the two. Right in between. Yeah. Here it is. Here it is. Oh, I just want to open it. Hold on. Come on. While, while you're doing that, Don, uh, talking about the, the difference between what I picked and Don picked and the genre we picked, all I can do is shake my head and say, Don, where did I go wrong? Yeah. <laughs> yeah give me a fight. Right. Here, 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 you turn me on to the universe. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Here it comes. Here it comes. Here it comes. This is Bella. Bye. Bye. Bella, this is Mr. McCandles. Hello, Bella. No, she's an experiment. Good evening. Her brain and her body are not quite synchronized. But she is progressing at an accelerated pace. Tell me, where did she come from? I shall. For it is a happy tale. Bella Baxter, and there is a world to enjoy, circumnavigate. It is the goal of all to progress, grow. A woman plotting her course to freedom. How delightful. pick is poor things which is basically uh willem defoe as dr frankenstein mm-hmm. and emma stone as the bride of frankenstein but in mm-hmm. sort of a it's sort of a young frankenstein feel so it's sort of like a comic version yeah. of the the bride of frankenstein and it's like i totally the number one willem defoe fuck off number two i love emma stone and this looks so silly and wonderfully dumb that I that I that I that I definitely I gotta see this movie. And I think it like I said, it's got the horror aspect and it's got the sort of Wes Anderson bullshit aspect. It's all lovely. I think I yeah. win. You're, you're, I mean, right, right. Don, you always win. The, um, <laughs> the, the Yorgos is like he's like a he's a fascinating filmmaker god i love this guy he's such a great filmmaker i, mean, I love everything he does are i love it mind 
Yeah, I, I love him. I mean, the favorite was just phenomenal. Let's be honest. But like, you've seen you like Killing of a Sacred Deer. I've know? watched all of his films. Right? I know. I know. I, I love everything this guy does. It's, it's, uh, dog Tooth at some point, he, right? I think Dog Tooth is brilliant yeah, yeah, yeah. and yeah. fucked up, yeah. but. He's so, a very, he's a Dutch filmmaker. He's very dark, but he's also very funny. Yeah. Um, and uh, and I and I dig that. It's like um, a and, and I'll be honest with cerebral you, Tim Burton. It, it it is like a cerebral Tim Burton, and and maybe even even darker than that because I would say yeah, he's yeah, yeah. he's a cerebral Tim Burton if he's doing comedy like this. Right, right, right. He's he's also maybe a degenerate David Lynch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Word, word, word. Like the lobster. The lobster has some of that. You know, killing of a sacred deer has some of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I dig it. I dig it. All right. Dan, I'll send you all all good choices. Don, Don, email these trailers. Just seeing all of them. Uh, but Donnie, if if I if I watch yours, which I will eventually, I'm gonna have to uh, see it. Uh, on ca- on cable or on on demand or some other Netflix or some other nonsense. It'll be on there. But one of the, that's that's one of those kinds of films. And Don will Donnie will attest to this. This is the kind of film I have to watch alone. My wife cannot necessarily is not a fan of any of these films. And she hey, has to not only she not only has to leave the room, she has to leave the house. She can't hear the soundtrack. She can't hear. She can't hear anything. So I'm going to have to. When she comes this. back, she has to push oh, sure. stage after he watched it. There's sage burning. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, I have to. Well, I have to. I have to watch it cloistered in a closet. You know. Nice. Well, you know what, gentlemen, this has been a great pleasure. Um, yeah, definitely. Who's who's picking the next film, Donnie? It's it's you. It's you. Oh, am I am I picking the next film? I mean, look, I can have fun film if you want. Me. I mean, if you want to, you know, that, 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 this was your dad's pick. This was your father's pick. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, and hey, so I, you picked the natural. Wait, hold on. So you picked exactly. The I picked the natural. My dad's pick. Dad picked, so this is your pick. Name. Oh, really? I mean, I've got, I've got picks. If you want to go with fucking it, fucking a man. No, 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 fucking a. We're gonna go with the Blues Brothers then. There All right, go. we're gonna go with it's summer. Summer. It's fucking. It's summertime. It's I'm going to Chicago. Going to Chicago in a couple weeks. Going yeah. to Chicago in a couple weeks with the family. Family and. Fuck yeah. it, yeah. Let's do let's do yeah. the Blues Brothers, man. All right, we're gonna do the yeah. Blues Brothers next time. So, gentlemen, yeah. uh, it has been an absolute hoot uh, being on the podcast and having listened to it for so long. It's kind of like, oh my god, I'm finally gonna get on. That is too cool. So, thank you for the invitation. Thank you and very much. My, my 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 martini is dry. Yes, uh, it's empty. My olives are beginning to pucker, so I know they're so it's time. Uh, worthy of another one so uh it is it is time to write off into the sunset i guess all right well thank you so much and uh that was too much fun happy father absolutely